You are listening to audio from the Rail City campus of CA Church. We are a church fervently committed to bringing the good news to the city of Port Moody. We hope this message helps you grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I'm the campus pastor here at Rail City Campus. And so if you're new, uh, hello. So good to see you. And uh, right now we're walking through a series. And the series is called God of All Things. God of All Things. And we're just thinking as we're heading into this spring and this summer season... Uh, that really, you know, we begin to notice nature again. We begin to notice creation again. We begin to get outdoors again. And, uh, and, and we see the things that God has made. The foundation of this series, uh, I've said it a couple times, but I'll say it again, is the belief that there is a God uh, who created all things, who created you and me and everything, that he is the designer, he is the maker, he is the architect, that the things that we see and we feel and we touch and taste and smell and experience, this is all out of the creative mind, the creativity of God, that he made matter, that he made the laws of nature, objects, planets, weather, color, Right As we're just looking around and experiencing color, animals, vegetables, minerals, people, you and me, with, you know, complete with eyes and nose and skin and bones. And throughout this series, we've taken different things that God has made and we've talked about how do these things point us towards God? How do these things give us perspective? How do these things, these simple things, show us the sacred? We've talked about, okay, I was, I'll be honest. I just got to be honest. I was a little disappointed last week. David was like, what are some of the things we've talked about? The light, the lights in my eyes, right? Anyways, <laughs> I'm kidding. That was, a, that was a cheap shot. I hope he doesn't listen to our podcast. But anyways, uh, is, <laughs> uh, I love David, okay? I respect not him. He's like, hey, what are the things that we're talking about, right? Uh, and uh, and it was just like, like a couple of you, like, uh <laughs> The ocean, right? <laughs> We've talked about the earth. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. We've talked about galaxies. Roman, uh, sorry, Psalm, Psalm 8 talks about when I look up at the night sky, who is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you would think of him, and yet you've made us just a little bit lower than you, God. When I consider the stars, we've talked about Mothers, right? Remember when Jorley was here and she talked about how God has given us mothers and how motherhood often points mothers and how life points us to our need for God. We talked about the seas and we talked about how, how God, in the same way that if we were to take a rock and throw it into the sea, throw it into the sea, we'd never find it again. And that's the way God feels about our sin. It's thrown to a place that he cannot see it. We talked about pigs. And how God t- turns pigs into bacon. Remember that one? <laughs> and dust. And this week we get to talk about rainbows. Rainbows. The God who made rainbows. It's a pretty timely message, wouldn't you say? Uh, these, these are things that we encounter in our day-to-day life. And we believe that it would reveal to us good news It would fuel our worship. It would stir up our joy. These things would teach us, remind us who God is and what he's done. And I believe that this thing, rainbows, will teach us something new about God here today. I think of the psalmist's words. He says this in Psalm 
104, verse 24. It's our theme verse and our theme passage for this entire series. He says, O Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made them all. And so the question we're asking is this. God, in your wisdom, why did you make this thing called a rainbow? Let's look at, I got some pictures of rainbows here. We can jump through them. Incredible, right? Spectacular sights over top of the mountains. These got to be some of the best in the world. And we can stop there. What are these things called rainbows? They're more than just pretty. Uh, in fact, there's more to rainbows than meets the eye. There's something that is going on behind these picture-perfect creations. Obviously, we see with our eyes there's seven observable colors in a rainbow. Roy G. Biv, if you remember from elementary school. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. But there are, there are actually millions of different hues that are too subtle for us to distinguish with the naked eye. A rainbow is a meteorological phenomenon that is caused by reflection, refraction, and dispersion of light into water droplets, resulting in a spectrum of life, light appearing in the sky. And you can go to the next one. This is basically how it works, which is really interesting. White light comes into a, a raindrop, into a water molecule, and it, it reflects off the back, it refracts, and then it disperses these colors that we can see with our eye that creates a rainbow. Really interesting. And I learned this recently, uh, but it explains uh, something I experienced, is that a rainbow is not located at a specific distance from the observer, but it's actually an optical illusion. It is actually in the eyes of the beholder. The person who is standing two meters to your left is viewing a different rainbow than you are. Really interesting, right? Because it's the way that the light reflects and refracts and disperses off of the drop and into our eyes that we perceive it as such. In fact, it's impossible. It's impossible for an observer to see a rainbow from any other angle than 42 degrees from the direction opposite to the light, light source. And so it's, it's really interesting because the observer who seems like they are under the rainbow or at the end of the rainbow, to them, they have a different rainbow than you do, right? I learned this the hard way when I was in Hawaii. Hawaii is notable for rainbows, right? They're just everywhere. You see one every day. And I was in Hawaii. I forget if I was with either my friend Dave or I was with my wife. I'm not sure. But I said, we need to get to the end of that rainbow. I, mean, I went to Hawaii a couple times, right? It was good. But... Uh, <laughs> But we said, we got to get to the end of that rainbow. And we're in our car and we're driving down roads. We're trying to get to the end of the rainbow and it just keeps moving, right? We're super frustrated about this. It's because it's actually in the eye of the beholder. They'll see it, but a different one. It's really interesting. They're clearly beautiful and stunning. Uh, each of us right now, if we took time, we could probably find a photo of a rainbow in our phone, right? And uh, even this weekend on Instagram, I saw multiple stories of people posting about rainbows. In pop culture, you guys will remember the song uh, Over the Rainbow, right? Written in 1939 for The Wizard of Oz, sung by actress Judy Garland in her starring role. Famously redone by Israel, uh, Kamak. <laughs> this is a hard last name. 
I won't even attempt. I think it'll be offensive. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he famously redone. We can all think of the double rainbow all the way guy, right? Remember that video that came out and it just took over the internet? It was a viral trend, uh, right? Double rainbow all the way, right? And <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. But they, heard, they hold different meanings to different cultures and in different times. I think of um, even like, you know, I have Celtic origins, uh, and I was first taught to believe that at the end of the rainbow was a leprechaun's treasure. Uh, maybe that was you. In Norse mythology, the rainbow bridge, Bifrost, connects the world of men, Midgard, to Asgard. And you probably learned that from a recent Marvel movie. Uh, in modern history, it has been a symbol in which communities have rallied around. I uh, think of in 1994, Archbishop uh, Desmond Tutu and President Nelson Mandela described a newly democratic post-apartheid South Africa. He called it the Rainbow Nation. And recently, as, as we know, in the month of June, that's why I said it's a timely message, uh, it has become the banner, the symbol of the LGBTQ2AI plus community. Uh, and, uh, and so you've likely seen this in ads and stickers. And if at Parkside Brewery, they've got a new massive rainbow on their, the front of, of their window there. You probably notice as you walk around this school, there's a lot of rainbows. There's a rainbow staircase. There's a rainbow crosswalk. There's rainbow art. If you went to Port Moody Secondary like I did, it was the school of the rainbow lockers, right? Yeah, yeah I got one, one little shout out. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, Joanne knows. That's right. Yeah, that's right. School of the rainbow lockers. Here's the point. This is a powerful symbol that many cultures and communities have found deep meaning in. And the question for us today that we're asking is this. Why did the God of all things create this thing? What does this mean? Why did God create rainbows? There was a couple different routes I was thinking about to bring us today. God is light. He describes himself as light. And I think that there's something to be said that the creator and maker of light describes himself as light and rainbows show us that light, when it reflects and refracts and disperses, it creates diverse, complex, multifaceted bows of, of color and beauty. And could it be that this is teaching us of the diversity, the complexity, the creativity, and the beauty of the God who created and made colors? It's just a thought. It's just for free. I'm not even going to do a whole sermon on that. <laughs> Perhaps this is also why these beautiful things have been used by the prophets to describe the appearance of God. His, uh, around his throne, oftentimes in the scriptures, they described that there was a rainbow of light. And it's used as an illustration to describe God's glory and majesty. Look at Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28. All around him was a glowing halo like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day. This is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. I think of Revelation chapter 4. The apostle John says the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of the emerald circled around his throne like a rainbow. They often use these images to, to help us understand these really complex images and ideas about who God is. But the most obvious 
meaning. The most obvious example given to us in Scripture, of course, is found where? Can anyone think of it? Noah's Ark. That's right, Noah's Ark. The following a worldwide flood, God gave a symbol, a sign, a rainbow as a sign of his new covenant, of his promise with the people. His promise with the people. And that's where we're going to find ourselves today. Genesis chapter 9. I want to read to us about this symbol and this sign and, and talk to you about what it, what it means for us here today. And so if you're willing, if you're able, can we stand as we read uh, Genesis chapter 9. We're going to start in, in verse 8. And here's what it says. <clears throat> then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. And with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and all wild animals, every living creature on the earth, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living things. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant to you. And when I send the clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds and I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures and never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. And when I see that rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on the earth. Then God said to Noah, yes, this rainbow is a sign of the covenant. I'm confirming it with all creatures on the earth. The God of all things describes new meaning to this natural phenomenon of rainbows. Let's pray. Ask him to teach us what it means. God, would you help us to understand this thing today? And I pray that as we see it, this natural phenomenon, that God, you would begin to now speak to us through it and encourage us. And so Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. As I speak to minds, I pray that you would be speaking to hearts uh, and that you would help us, Lord, to understand why you made this thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We've just read probably a, a rather controversial text. Humanity, we, we know this in the early chapters of Genesis, had chosen their own way. They had rejected God's way. And out of that decision, out of Othering themselves from God, choosing their own way of living, thinking, and acting outside of his guidance, we see that strife comes out of this, that pain comes out of this. In the later chapters of, of Genesis, that there's actually, there's murder and there's destruction and horrific things begin to take place on the earth. And in the early chapters of Genesis, in chapter 6, it says that God looked at everything he made and he saw that it was corrupt. And this word corrupt means it was destroyed. His creation had gone, gone utterly wrong. God rolled the dice in a sense. He said, I need to give these people choice. They need to choose to love me. Because if they don't choose to love me, it's not, it's not actually a choice and therefore it's not love. And they chose strife and they chose destruction. And so God destroys and erases and blots out everything, everything. 
he gives us this new sign, this new covenant. He chooses a new family in order to bring about new purposes in the world. He gives us this sign, this thing called the rainbow. And what should it mean for us today as we see it? Well, I believe the rainbow is a reminder to remember. (laughs) The rainbow classic pastor. I love alliteration, right? The rainbow is a reminder to remember. You'll notice this word remember shows up in the text, verse 15 and 16. Uh, we can put it up on the screen. It's a, he, says, I, he says, we will remember my covenant with you, and I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature. This idea of remembering is crucial. It's important to God that, that this is supposed to jot our memory, And we so easily forget, don't we, as people? We so easily forget. We forget the past. We forget history. We forget the lessons we've learned and we make them again. And sometimes signs are helpful for us to remember. For instance, if I'm driving and I lose my way and I see a street sign, a street that I recognize, I can recognize that I've gone too far, that I need to turn around or turn back or turn left or turn right. Signs are helpful for us to remember. Uh, my wife, Jessica, she has a, a scar from when she was young. She fell, she had hurt herself somehow. And it's a sign now that she remembers what happened to her. I think of people, I, oftentimes people will get tattoos. These oftentimes are to remember a family member, remember something that is an event, remember something that is significant to them. My brother is Roman numerals and it represents the, the date that my grandfather passed away. So he can remember, actually, his birthday. Sights and sounds and smells, songs, they help us to remember. And God gave us a sign, this sign, a rainbow, to re- as a reminder for us to remember. Remember what? You might be asking. An event, an event in history. This worldwide flood, this great flood, I think this is a good place to start for some of you because you're hearing this narrative and you've done one of two things. You've either reduced it to a parable. Oh, it's just a story to kind of teach us a lesson. These things didn't really happen. It's just parable. Or some of you think, oh, it's just plain like made up. I remember in a debate between Bill Nye, the science guy, this actually happened, and, and Ken Ham, who's a very, you know, young earth kind of creationist, and they're having this YouTube debate. And, uh, and anyways, Ken was very disappointing in that showing. But um, (laughs) I remember just wanting to light up the comments, right? And and speak to this matter. Because this event that took place, it's not just simply parable. In fact, Francis Schaeffer, who's an author, he points out that this event right here, it's interesting among the common myths of the world, none are as widespread as the story of the flood, Daryl Johnson notes that all over the Middle East, China, and amongst the indigenous peoples here of Canada and North America, there are stories of a great flood. This is a universal story that we can find told by culture after culture after culture after culture. And so this isn't simply just a lovely story for us today to find meaning from, but an event. The rainbow is a reminder to remember this event that took place in human history. This is the first thing that I want to note for us. In Babylon, archaeologists have found ruins that tell this story, the epic of uh, Gilgamesh. Maybe you've heard this before. 
The Sumerian Empire recorded its list of kings as the kings before the flood and the kings after the flood. Similar to how we record history as before Christ and, and after his death and resurrection. With so many versions of this narrative from all the corners of the earth, we can almost be certain that this is not just parable, but something that happened, something big, something that involved a lot of water, <laughs> a ton. Something happened. And the rainbow from Genesis reminds us to remember this event in history. But it also reminds us to remember a reality. The reality is this, that human beings left to their own devices choose sin, death, and destruction. There are many believe that a godless, humanistic world is the best thing for humanity. And David Wood often will draw this connection of why we need to recognize and remember history. We have to recognize and remember history. And I believe that this sign is supposed to help us to look back to remember history, that when human beings are left to their own devices, when they choose their own ways and not God's ways, it does not lead to utopia. It does not lead to paradise. Humanism does not lead to a better world, a godless world. Some people say the, the worst problem with the world today is religion. But I'll tell you that this story reminds us that when human beings orient their lives Outside of God, it leads to corruption and destruction. And this is the picture the Bible paints. Might be offensive to you. Found in, uh, in, in chapter 6, verse 5, here's what it says. The Lord observed the extent of the human wickedness on the earth. He saw everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. This is not what you'd love to have on a reference letter, am I right? <laughs> Can you imagine, right? As I've, uh, as I've observed Cam and the extent of his wickedness, I've come to the conclusion that everything he thinks and imagines is consistently and totally evil. I'm sorry I ever hired him, right? Like, <laughs> this is not the kind of picture we would want written on a reference letter or set of us, right? But this is the picture that God paints. God's evaluation of humanity is bleak. And this isn't to suggest that human beings are incapable of good, of doing good. But there is something twisted about our decision making and our default outside of relationship with God. And this is a sobering reminder for us today. I know the rainbow is often this sign of peace and wow, it's beauty and all this kind of stuff. But it is also a sobering reminder of an event and a reality about the reality of the human heart. That when this sign was given, it was given after a worldwide flood to cleanse the world of wickedness. And some of you think, how could God do this? And, uh, and I recognize many of us may be pacifists, but... If there is a nation that is coming to cause harm and destruction to us, we must defend. And God is seeing the harm that people are doing to one another and to each other. And he says, enough is enough. I need to start over. I need to start fresh. I need to put an end to this reality. Why? Because God cares about people. He doesn't want them to be hurt and harmed, to kill and, 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 and hurt one another. And so... He makes the ultimate sacrifice of hitting reset on the world. 
We don't worship or follow a deity who is passive or a divine force that is emotionless. We do, we, we do not believe in deism that God is removed. He, he kind of set the world in motion and now he's just removed from the story of creation. We don't believe that God is some kind of scientist who has started an experiment and he's just watching to see what happens. But we see time and time again, God enters into history. He interferes with history in order, in order to right wrongs, in order to restore and renew And then we can give countless examples of it, but this is one of them. So whenever you see a a rainbow, remember. Remember the lessons from humanity. That when we reject the giver of life, when we set up our lives and our world without him, it does lead to death and destruction. It's not very cheerful, but it's important for us to remember. I think this is why... I'm hitting on some sensitive ground here. I'm just acknowledging it. But when we, when we rip down statues of people of the past who have done hor- horrendous things, change the plaque, but leave the statue. Because we forget. We forget. We so easily forget, and we need to remember the mistakes of the past. We need to not forget, or otherwise we will make them again. So let's tell history for what it is. Let's shine a light into the dark places Let's expose the darkness, but we need to remember, and the rainbow is a reminder for us to remember, to remember what happens when we set up our lives apart from God. Now, here's the second point, though. The rainbow is a reminder, and God remembers. God remembers. I find this so interesting. Look what it says in verse 14. When I send my clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant with you. Later on, he says, I will remember the eternal covenant. The eternal covenant. We can put that up. The internal covenant between God and every living creature. And this is a really interesting thought. God has not forgotten the covenant. He's God. He sees every rainbow on planet earth that has ever happened and ever will happen. He doesn't need to be in a specific location or time. He sees it all. And God is in a constant cycle of remembering, he says. Every time he sees this bow in the sky, he remembers his covenant. He remembers his promises. A covenant is stronger than a commitment. It's stronger than a promise. It is an eternal vow that God makes with Noah and the living creatures. And this is who he is. He is the God who keeps his covenant. Throughout the Psalms, they often appeal to this quality of God. In Psalm 25, verse 6, remember, O Lord, remember. They're, they're calling God to remember your compassion and your loving kindness, for they have been from old. This word loving kindness is the Hebrew word hesed. And this word hesed means, God, would you remember the loyalty to your covenant? God, would you remember your loyalty to your covenant? Remember. He remembers his vow to Noah. Every time he sees a rainbow, he is loyal to it. And what is his vow? He says, never again. Never again will I send flood waters to destroy all life. Never again. I was talking to Jonathan, uh, who attends Real City, and we're sitting at Alpha. And he was talking about one of his friends. And I'm not sure if this is the exact story, but it started to just downpour with rain. He said, see, God's doing it again. He's going to flood the earth, right? You can tell those people, no, he is not. (laughs) 
God remembers. God remembers his covenant. He is not forgotten. He is loyal to his word. So keep that in mind next time you're in an atmospheric river, all right? (laughs) And keep that in mind when it feels like it's not going to stop raining. It will. Keep that in mind when uh, we're hit with a monsoon of biblical proportions. God will keep his promise. The rains will stop. The waters will recede. The storm will subside. God reassures his hearers of this through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 54, verse 9 to 10, it says this, This to me, this is like the days of Noah. When I swore the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth, so now I have sworn to not be angry with you, to never rebuke you again. Though the mountain shall be shaken and the hills will be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. My covenant of peace will not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. The Lord who has compassion on you. God remembered Noah and his family. There's this really interesting line, 6 verse 1. Genesis 6 verse 1. It says, and God remembered Noah. God remembered to save Noah. In the right in the middle of the flood, right in the middle of the storm, says suddenly God remembered. God remembered Noah and I want you to know God remembers you. God will not take out his wrath on you. He will keep his promise of peace. God is not at war with you, this story tells us, because he has hung up his bow in the sky. He has hung up his bow in the sky. I find this really interesting. In the ancient Hebrew, there's no word for rainbow. So the word in the text here that is used is literally the word for an archer's bow. He says, I've hung up this symbol, this tool of war in the sky. I've hung it up. I've hung it up. Andrew Wilson says this, this is God's announcement that he is hanging up his bow, holstering his weapon, committing not just to limit his rainfall, but to bring peace to all of creation, to bring peace to all of creation. Rochella, who attends here at Rail City, gave Emmy this uh, Jesus storybook Bible at Christmas. And this reality struck me that Andrew Wilson's talking about, that God has hung up his bow. As I was reading it to her one night, it's such a beautiful one uh, that she got us here. And it's got this beautiful, amazing story of the flood, classic children's Bible, right? But the words are profound. Here's what it says. And God said, I will make another promise. I will never destroy the world again. And like a warrior who puts away his bow and arrow at the end of a great battle, God said, see, I've hung up my bow in the clouds. And there in the clouds, just where the storm meets the sun, was a beautiful bow made of light. Of light. It was a new beginning in God's world. It wasn't long before everything went wrong again, but God wasn't surprised. He knew this would happen. And that's why from the beginning of time, he had another plan, a better plan. A plan not to destroy the world, but to rescue it. A plan to one day send his own son the rescuer. God's strong anger against hate and sadness and death won't come down once more. Not on his people or his world. No, God's war bow was not pointing down at the people. It was pointing up straight into the heart of heaven. It's this beautiful reminder to us whenever we see a rainbow 
(laughs) God punches up, not down. He, through the cross, shot an arrow into the very heart of heaven. You invite up the band as we transition into communion. God, through the cross, shot an arrow into the very heart of heaven to bring about forgiveness and grace and mercy for us. He kept his promise. Even though the world, once again, as the story told, began to pursue sadness and darkness and harm and hurt, once again, God did not take out his wrath on this planet. But instead, he sent his own son to die in our place for our sin. This is how God deals with sin, by pointing the bow upwards and not downwards at his very own son. I think this is very crucial and important for us to remember because I think sometimes us as Christians, we get the narrative a little bit confused. When things like COVID-19 happen, we say, look, see, this is God's judgment on the world. When things, uh, horrific wars happen, we see, see, that's God's judgment on the world. When, when endemics happen, oh, see, God is judging the world. Similar to Jonathan's friend, he said, see, God is sending his reign. He's ready to judge the world. God, God promised. God promised he would not take out his wrath on us. He would not destroy the world again. He would send it, he, he would deal with it another, another way. And so this rainbow is a cause for us. It's a reminder for us to remember. Remember that we follow a God who dealt with sin through his very own son. And this is why we as the church, we come to the table every week. We remember this sacrifice. Remember that when we deserved it (laughs) and when we had earned punishment for the wrongs that we have done, that we have a God who made a promise and he is faithful to his promises. He is faithful of his promises because of his loving kindness, because of his said, his loyalty to his covenant. He has not forgotten about us. He is not angry at you. He poured out all of his wrath on his son so that he could pour out his love, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy on you and on me. And so next time you see a rainbow, remember. Remember what was, but remember what is. That God is with us. He has not forgotten us. He has hung up his bow in the cloud. It is a sign that he remembers and so that we can remember that God is for us and not against us. I'm going to pray and then we're going to come to the table and you can come whenever you're ready. Jesus, thank you for this sign, (laughs) the rainbow. Such a beautiful image. It's captured our imaginations for many generations. And yet you have a a purpose in this sign that you've given us. You took this natural phenomenon and you gave new meaning to it. It was a cause for us to remember, to remember what you have done for us. That you are covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. And so we thank you, God, today as we come to the table that you did keep your promise. That rather than pouring out your wrath on us because of our sin and our error and our wrong, you poured it out on your son. You shot an arrow straight into the heart. The son of God from heaven. And the rainbow is a sign, a thing 
for us to remember this today. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. If you've been listening to our sermons, but you're not a part of a church community, we would love to have you join us. You can go to cachurch.ca slash rail city to find out more information about getting involved in the life and mission of the rail city campus of CA Church.